Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello, welcome to another edition of Mets Musings, episode number 352, I believe it is check that out later but uh welcome 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 i hope everybody had a great week i know i did uh if you missed the qbc the 2019 queen's baseball convention boy did you miss a great time let me tell you i'm here I'm gonna tell you all about it uh it was just a fantastic saturday at catches in astoria um here's the program for it uh if you're watching on the video and uh just a a great bunch of panels uh, kicked off by the state of the mets panel with uh mark healy of uh, gotham baseball and the wave and and he has been on this show uh, a number of years ago we'll have to get him back on he was a very good um and uh, he hosted a panel that included uh, Tim Healy from Newsday. I'm trying to I'm trying to find it now to see who else was on it. Joe DeMeo uh, of PSL Flushing. Oh, boy, can't find it. When you want to find something, I know I should have done this before. But it was a great uh, uh, a young lady from WFAN was on that panel. Uh, Danielle McCartan, and uh, just a great, a very interesting panel uh, talking about the, these folks' opinion on the state of the Mets. And then they had some executives there from the Mets. Will Carafalo, uh, Senior Director of Social Media, Mark Fine, Executive De- Director of um, Marketing, Kenny Coperta, Senior Director of New Business Development, he was there. Um, then they had uh, Ed Cranepool was there. Boy, did he give a good uh, uh, um, interview and a Q&A session with the crane, number seven. And for those old enough to remember, number 21. Edgardo Alfonso was there. He did a great panel as well. And uh, then he signed autographs later on. Uh, he, he was later in the day. I'm not doing this in any kind of order. There you go. He signed my program. Uh, the straw man was there. Daryl Strawberry. He did a great panel as well. Uh, and he signed autographs. He sat in. He was pinch hitting. Here's uh, Daryl's autograph. You can see it there. He was pinch hitting for uh, Keith Hernandez who uh, took ill, uh, had a bad back, and uh, couldn't make the trip up from Florida. So uh, Daryl uh, sat in 
and uh, uh, pinched hit for uh, Keith and did a terrific job. And I'm running some picture, pictures of the event. If you're watching on vi on the video on YouTube, uh, there's Ed Cranepool, and I was talking to Ed briefly. Uh uh, just a great, uh, great, uh, terrific uh, man. Very nice guy. And, uh, of course, uh, Daryl Strawberry was there, and he was very personal, very uh, uh, terrific uh, panel he was on. Edgardo Alfonso, the manager of the Brooklyn Cyclones. Uh, Baseball Night in New York crew was there with Todd Zeal. Uh, at the very end there, Andy Martino, there's uh, Ed Gordo Alfonso signing my program, and then he was kind enough to uh, take a picture with me. So uh, there you go. He was taking a picture with everybody, not just me, folks. But what a uh, terrific event. Um, the work that goes on to put on such a thing, uh, really uh, tireless efforts by the whole QBC staff and and uh, special thanks to Keith Blacknick and Dan Tuhig. I hope I pronounced that uh, correctly. And the QBC staff for putting on a terrific event and and uh, just was uh, really a fun day to put on a blue and orange and to go enjoy and to celebrate uh, our Mets fandom, if you will. Um, terrific, terrific event. I'm looking forward to going next year. It's the first time I went. I was supposed to go another time, and we had a blizzard, and they had to cancel it. So I did not make it that year and uh, could not make it all the year due to uh, other uh, conflicting schedule events. But this year I made it, and I am very glad, and uh, many thanks to uh, my ride there. Uh Jeff Cohen of Baseball and Barbecue had a great day hanging out with him and his cousin Viv, and uh, it just added to the whole whole atmosphere. And I saw the great Greg Prince was there and uh, spoke to him a little bit, and just just a fantastic uh, fantastic day. Uh, I recommend it. Look look for it next year, boy. Don't miss it next year. Uh, they sell out quickly, so you got to get in uh, right on. The, when they start selling the tickets, got to get them quick. All right. And not a heck of a lot of other news going on, but we do have a great guest on. Uh, stick around for that. Um, but uh, really, the only thing that's not really even Mets related is Wilma Flores has signed uh, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. A little weird seeing Wilmer in those duds, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who probably have one of their worst looking uniforms, in my opinion, in baseball. Uh, but um, he's a Diamondback, and you know what? It's a good move. I know a lot of Met fans are, are complaining. They loved Wilma. Everybody loved Wilma. But you know what? It, I, I think uh, I really feel it was time for Wilma to move on. It was He was stagnating here. He had done what he could do. Um. Maybe he'll blossom a little more out in uh, Arizona. I don't know. I think the Mets have a habit of signing these guys young, and they stagnate them either in the minors. They don't have a position, and uh, they never get to blossom completely. Um, you know, look, that you know they did it with guys that did eventually blossom, um, Daniel Murphy, but he didn't blossom really until he found a position. 
once he started playing second base, he relaxed and he he really blossomed into a, a, a fine ball player. Same thing with Lucas Duda. Duda, they they jockeyed him around uh, left field. Remember that the the great experiment there that failed miserably. Um, first base, uh, left field, right field. I mean, he was a first baseman. He didn't blossom till they they stuck him in first and let him play, and then he did a lot, lot better. So um, I even question why they traded him. Uh, of course, uh, Sandy Olson loved power, and he traded his power hitter, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe Wilmer will – will blossom out in the desert there. I mean, maybe it'll be better for him. He'll have a chance to play uh, more often, either at second or at first. That's another thing. You know, Wilmer came up as a shortstop, and he really wasn't a shortstop. He, he played at a young age, and I understand that the first couple of years in, in – um, uh, the Biners, uh, they signed him at 17, 16 or 17, and they, they didn't want to disrupt him from playing a position he was comfortable with. I understand that. But a couple of years in, once he got comfortable in professional baseball, that's when they should have made a move, either to second or to first, instead of keeping him in shortstop um, and then, you know, Converting him into, or trying to convert him in Triple uh, A or or the majors, it just doesn't work all the time. And I think that set Wilmer back. Uh, don't forget, he played third, he played short, he played second, he played first, and then they wanted him to uh, be the super sub. You know, he was still a young guy, and it's 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 a difficult thing. I mean, they they kind of did the same thing with Gavin Chikini. He was signed as a shortstop, and then he got to Brooklyn, and then he played some shortstop. They moved him to second base. Uh, he stayed pretty much at second, I feel, if my memory serves, through up through the minors because uh, he was playing with Rosario at the time. But, you know, um, did that hinder his progress? Who knows? We'll never know, but it uh, just seems like they do this an awful lot, and I'd like to see guys uh, be signed for the position they play. And But that's not the way of baseball anymore now. Now you sign guys to play multiple positions. They even draft guys that they think can play multiple positions um, instead of sometimes uh, drafting a good, you know, We'll see with Alonzo. He was a first baseman, so that's all he plays. And let's keep him there. And uh, if it works out, then maybe that'll start a trend, or at least in certain positions, first baseman, outfielders, whatever, you should draft guys that play that position. And then try to train them if you wish uh, to play other positions. But I don't know. You know, we'll see how that all shakes out. But congratulations to Wilmer. He, he, he gets signed right away or, or fairly well, uh, fairly quickly. Um, he knows where he's going to start the, the his spring and where he's going to start his season, and that's great. That's great for him. So good luck to Wilmer in Arizona. 
Uh, hope you have a great year, except when you come to New York to play the Mets or the Mets come out there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a break, and we'll be back. I'm very excited about my guest that I interviewed a couple of days ago. I hope you enjoy the interview, and uh, uh, you'll see who it is in just a second. But we'll be back right after these messages. This is Len and Jeff from Baseball and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and and what's what's going going down down on the farm. farm. It's It's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6345. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show. And drop us a line. Leave us a comment or a voicemail question, anything at all. Call that number, 516-619-6341. Or go to MetsMusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen, and that's a speak pipe, and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone. Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at MetsMusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash Mets Musings and the Twitter handle is at Mets Musings 1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. And joining me tonight is uh, someone who you all will recognize. He was uh, uh, with us once before and he's back again. He is Wayne Randazzo and he is the new play-by-play he's going to join howie rose in the radio booth uh this season on wcbs radio here in new york and wayne welcome back to mets musings thank you very much gary good to be back and congratulations on your new job yeah it's exciting it's uh you know it's going to be a really fun year um you know howie's uh, the best and it's going to be incredible to work alongside him and and uh, get to even be uh, closer to, to watch him work every day, and, and you know, be able to pick up uh, all the little nuances of play-by-play that that he does extremely well. So, uh, I'm grateful to the Mets and, and to WCBS to allow me the opportunity, and can't wait to get started. Now, you have done play-by-play before. You've done. You've worked with Howie. You've also done the uh, TV side and everything. So it should really be a pretty smooth transition because you're f- very familiar with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've done probably 
30 games or so of the last four seasons now as the pregame and postgame show host. I did the minor leagues for a long time. So uh, I'm, I'm a well-versed play-by-play guy. I've, I've That's really what I do. I do a lot of it in the offseason mm-hmm. um, for college football and basketball. So, uh, yeah, it should, be, uh, it, it should be an easy transition for me. Certainly something I'm looking forward to. And uh, just want to get down to Florida and, and hammer it out. <laughs> get out of the cold. <laughs> and For sure, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's settling in everywhere now. Yes, so, it certainly uh, is. <laughs> and um, is, if, is any preference uh, to uh, uh, radio or TV, or do you like them both? Or, or what, in your estimation, is, is easier? Well, it's a good question. Uh, TV is easier because, mm-hmm. in my mind, because it's all right there. There's no extra painting needed because you know you're watching the game. So um, there's a different rhythm and and cadence to TV. You have to find your spots. You know, the analyst does a lot more talking on TV than on radio. So you know, it's kind of writing captions to to what people are watching more right. than. Uh, describing what's happening uh, on the field, or as radio, it's you know you got to keep everybody informed at all times about what's going on. But yeah, I love doing both. I, I really enjoy uh, being on TV and, and the opportunities I've had filling in for Gary, uh, which should continue this year. And uh, radio, obviously, is uh, where I grew up and, and got to be a broadcaster. So uh, I'm excited to continue on in, in both mediums and and you know can't wait to uh work with howie and we're all excited uh, for the season to start as well does it um now that you're going to be doing playboy by play does it change your preparation in the off season at all for this the upcoming season yeah i think it does i i think that with before when i was able to know ahead of time which series I was going to broadcast, you know, you kind of hone in on mm-hmm. a certain team. Uh, you have time to get to know that team. And, you know, if I was doing a TV series in Baltimore last year, you know, I had a few weeks out to know that the Orioles are coming up and I've got to get to know them a little bit. Um, now, with doing every game, I kind of need to work ahead. I need to have a pretty good idea of of each team as we go along. So uh, it, it will certainly change my prep. I've, I've already started doing Mets stuff now, mm-hmm. hoping to have that done by the time spring training starts. And then once uh, I'm down there at spring training, I'll, I should have some opportunities to you know, at least run through the division, uh, get get all those teams down, and then work my way through the National League. So, uh, I, yeah, I think it, it will. I think I, I really want to stay ahead of, of what's going on and make sure that I'm not uh, cramming for a test when it's uh, day one of a new series. Yeah, especially with all those notes that you get and everything, it can get pretty confusing. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the notes are good. It's as far as the uh, most up-to-date stuff, but mm-hmm. you want know, to be well-read on, on each team. I know Gary, it's probably something I'll adopt this year, Gary reads a game recap of every game from the night before wow. um, just to... I have a good idea, at least as much of an idea, on what's going on with every team 
or what happened the previous night uh, for every game. So I would imagine I'm going to probably do the same thing uh, starting this year. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Mets. Um, your thoughts on the second half of last year and uh, a little bit about how uh, the job Mickey Calloway did? Yeah, you know, the second half of the season was interesting because they had been so bad in June and had knocked them out completely, really, at, by the end of June that they had no chance of, of thinking about a postseason appearance. So uh, the second half became an opportunity to get to know some of the younger players, try out some bullpen arms, you know, give Jeff McNeil a longer look. Um, you know, we, we saw him at Rosario improve greatly. Michael Conforto, who had a, a rough first half, was... Uh, really MVP-like in the second. The only guy who had a better second half in the National League than Conforto was was Christian Yelich, the guy who did win the MVP award. Um, so it, it was interesting to see the team, you know, not really just slide into a malaise and, and, and waltz to the end of the season. I mean, they were still playing hard the last few months of the year. I think some credit has to go to Mickey for that. And, you know, I, I think for Mickey... He will certainly have a better idea of what's going to go on in year two. Mm -hmm. You always do when you're in a new position. That second season, you feel completely confident, and it's the whatever pressures of year one are gone. So, I think that he'll be at much more at ease this season. And you know, I think they've made some great additions. I think Brody's come in with a good plan, and, and he's executed a lot of that. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think uh, I, I also think that I don't know. I don't expect you to comment on this, but in my opinion, I thought Mickey Callaway got better after Sandy Alderson left. I I don't know if if that's a fact or whether he had just gotten more comfortable with the league by then. But it just seemed to me that it when the two connected when when Sandy left. He seemed to uh, uh, change his style a little bit, went to more. Um, it could have been the personnel, too, that they brought up. But he, he just seemed to get away from the power slightly and go more for uh, bases on balls and, and the bunting and, and uh, hit and run. I don't know. Any comment on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it, it, it coincided mostly with the fact that the season was just going along and, and Mickey had – uh, you know that much more experience mm -hmm. near yeah. the end as he did at the beginning. I right. think there was, and will continue to be, more of a philosophy of precision hitting and a conditional type hitting instead of just trying to go up there and hit home runs. Mm -hmm. I think that is very apparent by the hiring of, of the hitting coach Chili Davis and some of the guys the Mets have, have brought in. I mean, this team heavily relied on home runs. Uh, the last few years, especially, and and weren't really getting many in in 2018. Not to mention the, you know, there's been a lot of talk the last year about City Field and and that it might be a very difficult place to hit in mm -hmm. for whatever reason. So, uh, you know, they're trying to skirt around that. Obviously, the pitching will help, but they need to be able to find ways to to make some offense happen. And, and I think you'll see that with Chile that they're going to have a, a little bit of a different approach. I certainly hope so. And uh, you mentioned Brody uh, Van Wagenen being hired by the Mets. Uh, 
Look, Met fans have been clamoring for a radical change, and uh, certainly ownership went ahead and did that. Um, were you shocked when he was the guy that they named as the general manager at all? Well, you know, on the very last day of the season, Jeff Wilpon spoke to the media and said that he would be entertaining outside-the-box uh, GM candidates, and I, th- I thought that was certainly a, a clue that he was going to look in a direction that maybe people didn't expect. So uh, when Brody's name came up, you know, the only interesting thing to me was that this was an agent. It was an agent of many of the players of the team, including very prominent players. So that angle made it unique. But uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised that he ended up getting the job. You know, when you think about assistant GMs in baseball, they tend to be really young. Um, there are very few guys who've been established that are ready for the next opportunity that uh, have been at it for a long time. You know, I can think of Jason McLeod with the Cubs who has been attached to Theo and Jed Hoyer and it doesn't seem like he wants to go anywhere away from them anyway. So, uh, you know, Kim Ning was a, was an interesting name that came up in the, right. especially in the Giants search. She was closer to getting the Giants job than I think she was getting the Mets job. So when it came down to it, I think Brody was a comfortable guy that Jeff Wilpon already knew from his dealings with him as an agent. And he started to make sense to them in, in the way that he was going to run the team. He's a smart guy, went to Stanford. And you know, I think that he clearly impressed them with the way that he discussed going about it. And I also think that any other candidate, from what I understand, wanted to kind of tear things down and, and start over and, and Brody had a plan to not do that. And I think the Mets, you know, especially Fred Wilpon were, were, were extremely interested in any ways to get this team quickly retooled to be a contender. And, and I think that's what helped Brody get the job more than anything. Well, and he certainly done that. I mean, he has uh, been busy, and uh, what I like is not only some of the moves, but also the fact that he um, um, is trying to change the attitude around the Mets and, and give them a more positive attitude. And uh, he wants to bring back fundamentals in, in the minor leagues, or more fundamentals, he has said. Um, what's your uh, opinion on uh, some of the moves he's made so far? Well, I, I think that they've put together a, a nice roster. I think they've created more depth than we, we, we've seen from the Mets the last few years. Uh, I think the Jed Lowry move was something that didn't fill a glaring need. But except for the need to have good players, and and Jed Lowry will certainly be a very good player for the Mets in, in 2019 and, and 20. So, you know, Robinson Cano was an interesting addition because he's you know near the end of what's been an illustrious career, and you're not sure what you're going to get from a player who's advanced beyond the age of 35. Typically, you don't get much, but Robinson Cano is such an elite talent that you, you just kind of hope that he holds on longer than most guys do. Um, Edwin Diaz is, is going to be a stud. He's going to be a, a lockdown closer in the ninth inning. I thought it was uh, a good call to bring back Familia. We'll have a lot mm-hmm. less pressure on him in a place where he's very familiar and enjoys being. So I think you'll have a very happy Jerry's Familia setting up for Edwin Diaz. And, 
you know, I think that there's still, you know, if they could squeeze out an outfielder somewhere, I think that would help. Although Keon Broxton, again, from a depth standpoint, is a nice addition. I know McNeil's going to get some time in the outfield. So, you know, I think that they've attacked this the right way and plugged holes with good players. Wilson Ramos beyond the plate is, is, a, is a good player. And, you know, I think keeping Darno as, as the backup, as long as Travis can adapt to part-time at-bats, I think you'll see a better version of Travis Darno. He's probably a guy who shouldn't be playing every day anyway. He's probably mm-hmm. better suited for a role where he's only in there a few days a week. And Ramos is going to need some time off. I, I don't He's not going to go back there and catch 150 games at this point in his right. career uh, with the leg injuries that he's had. So I think they've been smart about everything. Um, you know, Hector Santiago could, could be a guy I used to get some starts throughout the year as a as a sixth starter type if, if Seth Lugo doesn't go into that role, which they liked Lugo as a reliever last year, and we'll see if he stays that way. So, uh, you know, I think there's still more, a little more work they could do, but I think that they've done a lot of good things. Do you foresee any uh, more big announcements, any more big trades or signing at all uh, this postseason? Maybe. I mean, you know, Bryce Harper and, and Manny Machado are still out there. So it, it's, <laughs> it's very strange that you have these two monster free agents and they are still dangling out there. And not that they're going to go get one of those guys, but you just don't know how things will shape once those guys sign. I mean, if Machado ends up in Philadelphia, does that give the Mets uh, motivation to go sign someone else mm-hmm. to try to compete? Or does if Bryce returns to Washington, does that do the same thing? So uh, I think once those two guys land, everyone else will have a better idea of what they need to shape their roster. If Manny Machado goes to the White Sox, well, the Mets don't really have much concern about that other than the three games they play against them in the, in the middle of July. So I think that the Mets will will be able to you know, take a different look once they know what happens with some of the bigger-name free agents that are still out there. I mean, it's almost the end of January, and uh, Dallas Keuchel is unsigned, and Craig Kimbrell is still out there. So there's still some, some dominoes to fall, and I think once they happen, the Mets will uh, will be able to finalize things about what what their roster will look like. So there's no rush right now, and I, I think that they have time to, to sit back and and wait for those pieces to to go. And and uh, yeah, and if and who knows if the market ever dropped on Harper long low enough, uh, I guess you never know. Anything could happen. <laughs> yeah, you never know what's what's going to happen with the market and, and some of these guys. You know, does does if the market drops enough. For Dallas Keuchel, they they try to make a, a push there. So, um, yeah, it's 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 just it's just a strange, you know, MLB off seasons have have gotten different the last couple of years, and you know, I'm sure the players are not exactly happy about it. So, we'll see how that all unfolds in the next few years and the new CBA that would be due to come up after 2021. Uh, I think there's some some work to do in, in that standpoint to get players to enjoy free agency again, you know, make, mm-hmm. make free agency great again, because it has yeah. not been the last couple of years. <laughs> it certainly has it. And, and more guys have been waiting till the end like this. It's, uh, 
uh, you know, I guess it's got to be a little unsettling. You'd kind of like to know where you're going to spring training, where, where to to look for uh, uh, an apartment or or a house. For in, sure. During and if you're, if you're Jacob Degrom right now, I, I'm taking a long look at at a contract extension with the Mets because that might be his best opportunity to get close to the money that he's worth because mm-hmm. the landscape is so odd right now that. You know, Jacob's a free agent uh, and an older free agent than at that. You know, he'll be 32 or even close to 33 by the time he's a free agent. And we're seeing players into their 30s now not getting the the big contracts that they were getting before. You know, it might be worth it for him to, to lock himself up through the age of 35 or 6 and, and get whatever the Mets are willing to give him. Sure. And then, and you know, take the big money now for a shorter period of time and then uh – you know, if you're still healthy, go uh, do a Bartolo cologne, go year to year, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, no no reason not to. And he's still out there, too, Bartolo. <laughs> well, guys like him will definitely have to wait uh, yeah. even longer to, to <laughs> find roles. And, yeah. and, you know, Cologne might be at a point where he's just uh, waiting on uh, an injury from from a, a pitcher and, uh, and find a job later. It's going to be like what, what Edwin Jackson's been the last few years. And uh, how about Jacob DeGrom's year last year? It was just an unbelievable, unbelievable uh, Cy Young season, and uh, uh, hopefully he can repeat it. Uh, but uh, what do you see in the starting pitching beyond DeGrom? Yeah, you're hoping, uh, you know, DeGrom, I think, is the last guy you worry about. You're hoping that Zach Wheeler can repeat what he did in right. 2018. A, a very nice breakout year for him. You know, Stephen Matz showed some glimpses that he was going to turn the corner. You hope that that's not far away. And uh, I think for Syndergaard, you, you hope that he can begin to take the steps that DeGrom took to go from very good, very promising to being elite. Uh, Syndergaard could be elite, but he's, he's got to take those steps, and, and the Mets haven't seen that necessarily just yet. So there are questions in some ways for all four of those guys, but I think you can at least count on the fact that all four should be pretty good, have good seasons. And, you know, Jason Vargas in the second half was was a lot better than what we saw in the first half. It was a low bar. The first half was, was such a mess for him, but you know, if he's healthy and he's more like how he was late in the season, then the Mets are going to get the guy that they signed, because they at least had some expectation that Vargas would be decent and uh, as the number five that's that's really all you need so um so i think they're ready to give it a shot with these guys and, and feel like that they still have the pitching to be dominant i think we saw in the playoffs last year almost nobody had started pitching to right. to dominate a series and and the mets always feel like that if they can just get in that they have an extreme advantage from their from their pitching standpoint so uh, that's the the most uh, you know interesting thing about this team to me is that if they can just find a way to to win the appropriate number of games to make the playoffs, you know they could go straight back to the World Series. There's there's nothing stopping them because nobody can match up with their starting pitchers. It's it, it's all going to be a question of health again. If they can stay healthy, I, I think they're as good as any other team. Uh, I know people, you know, like the Braves, but we really don't know. The Braves had a lot of young guys and a lot of rookies and and good players. Don't get me wrong, 
But can they do it again this year? Or is there a sophomore jinx? Are they going to have a drop-off than what they did last year? I mean, there's a lot of question marks in this division. Yeah, there are. You know, the Braves had uh, some, some good young starting pitching that blossomed last year. And Nick Marquecas, another guy who hasn't been signed yet. Um, you know, I guess he could go back to Atlanta, but right now he's he's a free agent. That's a that's a big blow to the Braves. Mm-hmm. They relied on him a lot last year. The Braves will be good. I, I think the Phillies have a little bit better idea of what it takes to go through the final month of the season. You know, you see that with a lot with young teams where they'll get right through August and be in the race and then have a bad September because they're just not used to that extra month and, and trying to compete for a, a playoff spot. So. Yeah, you expect them, especially if they do land one of the big boys, Harper or Machado, that, that they'll be right there again. And, and I think the Nationals, even without Harper, you know, Juan Soto came on so strongly. Victor Robles is ready to go. Uh, they bring in Patrick Corbin. So I think that they're going to be right there, too. I, I expect all three of these teams to be good. And, and the Mets, we're going to have to fight. This is not going to be any, I don't think any team's going to run away with this division. And it's going to come down to, uh, you know, uh, who has the better pitching, I think, and uh, who can make the big trade at the the deadline because that's what it always comes down to. But it should be an interesting year. And uh, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out before you getting ready to go to uh, uh, spring training. I know you're very busy, and I won't keep you any longer. But thanks so much, Wayne, for coming on the show. Hi, Gary. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Okay, we'll we'll do. Thank you so much, and I'll be back right after this. Uh, this is Skip Lockwood, and you're listening to Mets Musing. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and uh, drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com the facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings and the twitter handle is at metsmusings1 and uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show check out our patreon page check out the campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings
And we're back, and I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Wayne Randazzo. I know I did. Uh, lots of good insight on the Mets and, and uh, interesting um, his talk about how he's going to prepare differently for the season and everything. Now he's doing play-by-play. Really, I just found it interesting. I, I like that kind of backstage stuff there. And, um, <laughs> and and what Gary Cohen does every day. But that's what I, I like that kind of stuff. And I hope you do too. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank my guest, Wayne Randazzle, one more time. Uh, terrific guy. And I want to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to Mets Musings on iTunes iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen or watch the podcast, because we're on YouTube as well. Hit the subscribe button. That helps you grow the show and expand to new listeners. And remember, until the next time, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets.